I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, I'm so excited to be joined by my friend, transgender activist, model and journalist Monroe Bergdorf. I've loved seeing Monroe hold her own a number of times in the media and fight against unfair judgments of minorities. And in fact, in this conversation, we chat about Monroe finding that voice of hers and why Girls Talk podcast host Adwoa Aboa has been a huge support for her. Monroe's podcast choices reveal her fascination with cults and the people who find themselves becoming cult leaders, as well as her view on Tiger King's Carol Baskin. And it may not be what you think. Lots of surprises in this week's podcast as well as why it's important to fight for what you believe in. Welcome Monroe Bergdorf to Castaway. Thank you for having me. Where am I uh, talking to you from today? We are in sunny Clapham today. It is a beautiful day and I'm actually quarantined with my best friend, Kate Moross, who's an artist. So I'm in a lovely house with my best friends. How have you been coping with everything? What's been the, the toughest part of the lockdown so far for you? I had a really tough couple of weeks, the first two weeks. It just, it was like a bit of a shock to the system. We have quite fast paced lives. I thrive off being busy and then suddenly that's taken away and you're just a bit like, oh, <laughs> what do I do now? So I had a bit of a, a, um, a difficult time adjusting, but I feel, I feel positive and good about, well, as good as possible about things now. I think for a lot of people, myself included, it's probably a good chance as well to reset because I'm probably like you. I'm always like, what's the next thing? Or or fear of missing out. I, the, I get the worst FOMO. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think it's definitely a good time to take stock about what you want from life after this because it's not going to be forever. Hopefully sooner than later, things will maybe not get back to normal, but we'll be able to get a semblance of normality for sure. And one thing that we're all kind of turning to is stories and entertainment. And that's still so important in our lives because our lives are still going. We're just kind of adapting in different ways. Like this podcast is still happening. We're just not doing it face to face. Uh, and even I have to laugh as well because normally we record this, but we had the option of uh, Envision. And I thought, you know, what? I'm not prepared for this. I'd rather not. You see my face today. Do not need to see me at 10 a.m. It's not, it's not, it's not for you. <laughs> Um, you you are um, self-isolating with your friend Kate there, you were saying. So how, yeah. how is it? Because um, I often think like my best friends, I've, like, uh, I've got a group of girls who are like my closest friends in the world, but I don't know if I could spend 24 hours a day with them. You know what? It's actually been surprisingly fine. I mean, it's been amazing. It hasn't just been fine. We started this isolation. We're like, look, we're going to be with each other 24-7. We need to make sure that we're communicating, that if something needs to be done in the house, we're just saying, you know, we can't let anything bubble. So um, we've just stayed on top of it. And Kate's with their girlfriend, Emily, who's also one of my best friends. So it's actually just worked out really, really well. And we've just communicated and really just made sure that we're all doing stuff around the house not annoying each other <laughs> just giving each other space 
Yeah, and then just kind of tell the other person when they are annoying you in a nice way. In a For nice sure. Way. And we're, we're so lucky that it is quite a big house so we can all kind of be in our own little bits and um, they they have couple time and I'm really good with my own company. So it's it's just, it's worked out really well. I kind of can imagine the conversations going on in your household will be some strong, you know, fierce female chat going on. And speaking of which, it kind of ties me in nicely to, um, you give me a list of recommendations of some some amazing podcasts to be listening to at yeah. this time. Um, great stories. And quite quite a mixture as well. I always feel you can get an insight into a, a person by what they listen to. I want to go to the first one, I think, which is the, the Girls Talk podcast, uh, which I've actually listened to before, uh, Adwoa Aboa, um, who is incredible. I actually was with her at We Day a few months ago. Uh, I think that was one of the last things I was out at that I actually saw people in real life. Um, and she features different guests every week. They talk, they share, um, they listen, they take control of their lives, which is what I feel I'm trying to do at the moment as much as I can. And I know that you've been a guest uh, on her show. And I mean, she's an incredible woman. She's absolutely phenomenal. And one of the first people to really publicly support me at the beginning of my career when things were a little bit more turbulent, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, but She's, I, I really, really admire what she's done with her platform, how she's working to eliminate the shame attached to sex or addiction or uh, mental health. And she really inspired me to use my platform in a way that uh, lifts up other people rather than just speaks about what affects me directly. So mm-hmm. she's a really big champion for trans people. She's a huge champion for people who are facing, say, poverty or issues that mainly affect the working class. So yeah, I'm really, really thankful to have gone on her podcast and spoken about my journey and how I've gotten to where I where I am now. As well as yourself, she's had an incredible list there. If you look through all the people she's had on her shows, um, Nate Burke, uh, Serena Williams, uh, Amy Lewood and Emma Mackey actually from uh, Sex Education is a great episode. Either people are in relationships all the time and are mm. like um, serial, what were they called? Serial monogamous, monogamous and go from, from one relationship to the other or they have like a phase of not wanting it at all, then having loads and then it balances it out, I suppose, and then they find someone and it's like fine. But yeah, I feel like we all do that. Well, not everyone, but a lot of people have to go through that, I think. Yeah. That whole like building up the walls and the defence mechanisms and like I'm playing this version of myself now mm-hmm. um, because I know you like it, but I don't like it. But I'm going to do it anyway because, you know, this is what's expected of me. So there's that whole, there's a lot of expectation, I feel, when it comes to sex. Like, a lot of it rests on how the woman kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like there's just like, yeah, there's an expectation that you have to be good at something. Yeah. And uphold that with whoever you're you're with. And then you're just known as that person's like good at that. It's just really, it's really bizarre. But we're just always like, always trying to fit into categories, aren't we? And like, ultimately, that's just what happens. And then you just have to spend months and months and years to break that down and well you then just, get good yeah. at it exactly it's like your, it's maybe it's yeah. like it's our you get good at putting those facades on and those yeah. and playing those characters and giving you know so and so that part of you mm. and then you're like oh he that's so and so won't like that bit so i'll just give them that other bit you mm. get so good at pe- picking so up true. people's like mannerisms and their characters and then playing a role to suit them mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and until you get to a part, you know, until you get to a place where you can just be yourself, mm. which is, you know, an ongoing journey, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that really came out from when she was talking to you, and I think this really applies to podcasts. I don't know about you, because you, you've always been very open and you've always been, 
you, you've been great at really eloquently putting your opinion across because sometimes that's difficult. I remember the first time I ever saw you, Munro, or maybe the first time I realised who you were was when you uh, oh, more than fought your case against Pierce Morgan and Good Morning Britain. And I was like, yes, there is a woman who can state her point. And he kept trying to talk over you and you just kept knocking him right back. And I think I, I know myself personally, I found it hard to find my voice because every time you say something, yeah. every time I say something, it is taken as a pull quote. You'll say the wrong thing. It'll be misconstrued. It'll be twisted into a headline. And that's not what I was trying to say. The one thing I love about podcasts is you have space to speak. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, we, we need podcasts in this day and age as well. You know, it's like almost like facts don't matter anymore when it comes to certain papers. So to have a format where you can speak at length about what you've been through is such a gift. And in her podcast, I spoke about my experience growing up and with bullying at high school and now how I'm taking that experience and working with different charities such as UN Women UK and Mermaids, who I've just been made a patron of, to help younger people who are maybe feeling the same way that I did when I was younger with regards to their gender identity and race and sexuality as well and how all of those different parts of our identity link. I think having podcasts like this, uh, Adwo as one, and listening to your voice and other voices, it's really inspiring for for younger generations. But I'm wondering for you growing up, did you have somebody that, that helped you find your voice? Did you find it difficult to find the voice that you have now? It was really difficult, yeah, for a long time. And I kind of found felt like I found my voice late. I'm writing my book at the moment and I'm writing about the difference between coming of age for cisgender people and coming out for queer people and how our coming of age is somewhat delayed by the turbulence of that we have internally of coming out. And yeah, I just, I found that I didn't really start really being able to put my finger on how I was feeling until I was around 18 because I didn't have all of those dating experiences Mm -hmm. as a kid because obviously there's not a plethora of um, queer kids out there. There's much more queer kids now, but when I was growing up, I was the only queer kid in my high school. So it was, it was really, really difficult. It wasn't really until I was 18 until I met my first trans friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And she really just like showed me that you can be a, normal person and transition is not some sort of um extraterrestrial experience that it's made out that it was made out to be at the time um it's just a very normal thing and um really inspired me to uh, speak the truth about what trans people go through and hopefully that's opened some more minds in turn it definitely has. And as I said, these conversations are so important and you don't always have to. I have a lot of people on my radio show and on this podcast and we might have different views, but I love listening to other people's opinions. It's OK yeah. that different people have opinions and also we can learn and we can change our mind about things. Absolutely. And give people space to grow and change their minds if mm-hmm. if they need their minds changed or maybe they don't. And, you know, sometimes it's perfectly fine to think different things as well and respect each other regardless. Again, the conversations that, that I had on this podcast and another podcast that I'm a big fan of. Um, I love I love Scarlett Curtis and uh, she brought out a, a book called Feminists Don't Wear Pink. Uh, she's got a second book out now as well. And she had a podcast to go along with it. And I really find these conversations with women very helpful for me because I remember years ago, back, I think, MTV days, I did a photo shoot for FHM. My choice. I loved it. It was great crack. I got to choose everything styling wise. I was on the cover of the magazine. I was asked since before they finished the, the publication 
conversation about doing it again. I said, no, I've done it once. I was happy with it. And I remember once talking out about uh, women and how they're treated in the media. And someone said to me, oh, you have no right because you did FHM. So because I did a shoot that I chose to do, I didn't have a right to speak up for women. And I remember at the time feeling a bit, oh, do I not? I, I didn't realise this. And and actually for a second it did knock me because it did make me think, have I just blown it because I did this one photo shoot? That was my choice. I wasn't forced into doing. Well, how does that mean that I don't have control as a woman and I have no right to speak up for other women? And then I realised, oh, no, they're wrong. Yes, I do. A feminist doesn't have to fit into a certain box. And this is why I love this podcast. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I got exactly the same after I did Playboy. And it wasn't even what would be considered a controversial shoot. It was very tastefully done. Mm -hmm. And if the people that were attacking me had done their research, they would have known, they would have seen that Playboy had gone through a rebrand and was Mm -hmm. very politically and socially um, aware. Um, As many publications go through changes, um, Playboy had gone through its own. And um, it was such a shame because that actually led to me no longer working with the charity because of the pushback. So I think that it's only really recently that the word feminist hasn't really been seen like a dirty word by a lot of people. And that, you know, it really is just the equality of the genders or sexes. It's it's a really simple concept that all people deserve equal rights and equal um, pay and equality across the board. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm such a big fan of Scarlett. I think that what she's doing to bring feminism to a younger generation is so important. How has your relationship been with the word feminism? I've always had a really good relationship with feminism. I think I've always understood it, um, especially from a trans perspective. I've always seen the benefit of having access to a movement that's about equality and the progression of your gender. I haven't always felt welcome within feminist spaces. As a trans woman, I think that there's quite a big pushback at the moment, in, especially in the UK with regards to trans exclusion or radical feminism, which is a group of women largely that believe that trans women are just men and that we have no reason to have access to feminism, which isn't really helpful because I think that all people should have access to feminism. All people should be practicing feminism regardless of your gender identity. Do you ever have those days? Because I have those days when, you know, you can speak out as much as you want, but there are some people that it's very hard to get through to, to be open, to be accepting. Do you ever have those days when you think, ah, you just want to scream and you think, what's the point? There's so many people out there who are just putting walls up for me. Oh my God, daily, daily. (laughs) I just sometimes, and sometimes you just can't talk to people and and it's okay. You can try as much as you want, but you might as well be screaming. How do you get through that frustration? I think you just need to plug into your community and realize that no matter how many people there are that are telling you that you're wrong and that your opinions don't matter, there's a whole group of people historically as well, not just from today's society, but throughout history that have fought for the same things or that have spoken about the same things that we're speaking about. And it really does matter. You know, it's not a case of we can only speak about one issue at 
at once. It's, you know, we can speak about multiple things and speak about the nuances and the overlaps and the things that haven't been recognized before, the things that, you know, maybe look at things from a new angle. And I think that a lot of people just get stuck on the one issue and they think that because, say, the trans community of what I speak about a lot of the time, because we're only around like, I don't know the percentage, but we're, we're below 5% of the population. And people think that because we're such a small community that it doesn't matter in it or it's a it's a small issue and it's important that we speak about those small issues because they have big impacts on society and how we treat each other for you what has been the single most I suppose, biggest moment or or catalyst something that happened that where you saw change for hope we saw oh people are starting to be a little bit more accepting oh i would say when nadia from big brother won um when nadia won big brother <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that moment. When was that? Actually, that was a. That, that was they were the good days. They were the Big Brother good days. <laughs> um, yeah, um, when Nadia won Big Brother, it was amazing because there wasn't the negative. There wasn't as much of an organized negative um, yeah. push on the trans community. Yes, there was transphobia with people using language like sex swap or sex change and things like that because there wasn't the education, but it wasn't... Um, it wasn't coming from a nasty place. It, it was just lack from, of... Yeah, yeah, it wasn't coming from an organized nasty place. And I, I, I just remember Nadia winning Big Brother on the merit of her personality because she was being seen as a human being. And I just wish that that was what certain people in the media saw trans people as, as actual human beings that, you know, every time that a negative article is published, it has an impact on the actual human being. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, Nadia was just amazing. She had the biggest personality. She educated me on what being a trans person um, was about and that it, you know, it's just a part of your personality and your um, identity. It's not the entire thing. Um, So yeah, definitely Nadia. She had the best energy and laugh. I just remember that. Thank you for reminding me of that series. That was a great series. I might go back and watch some of that. Could do it watching some of that right now to get me through the next few weeks. Um, so what I love looking at is just the range of things that people listen to because you you come on a lot of shows. You've been on my radio show before um, and you've been on television a lot and you speak about um, the trans community and you speak about women's rights. Mm-hmm. And and I've mentioned there are two very strong um, female podcasts, but you also listen to a lot of other things uh, because you're human. And as humans, we are interested in lots of different facets of real life. Um, and I want to talk about a podcast called Cults. Now, this is every Tuesday it comes out and Greg and Vanessa, people might recognise, they co-host um, the podcast Serial Killers. And uh, they explore the history and uh, psychology behind the most notorious cults at times quite difficult to listen to but fascinating Monroe yeah I I'm just really interested by the human mind and how certain people um, end up in certain situations and we're going to be talking about um, another person that's um, kind of captured the zeitgeist at the moment in a Mm -hmm. similar way Um, but cults just really gets behind people that um, find a lot of the time find themselves as cult leaders not necessarily set out to be cult leaders but um yeah, it's just fascinating because when you hear about a cult, you I instantly think, I don't know about you, but I instantly think 
how do people end up in these situations? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to get an insight into the history of the leaders and the history into the people that follow those people. I think that's what, what you've just kind of hit the nail on the head because sometimes when you hear the word cult, you, you kind of think cult is something that's there the whole time and then someone has uh, been placed as a victim and somehow been drawn into this because of whatever background they have. But then you kind of forget why the cult started in the first place and how it did happen. And and also looking at things from different perspectives is so interesting when it comes to this. Absolutely. And there's one with a woman who is subjected to a series of visions and she believes that they're visions from God. Mm-hmm. And then she later um, feels, or this is, this happens in like the 1700s. So she later feels pregnant and then tells everybody that she uh, is carrying the second coming after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, really interesting because some of her visions actually come true. Um, like she predicts that England's going to go to war with France and they do, and that a bishop's going to die and then he dies. And then she predicts that she's going to be giving birth to the second coming through immaculate conception as well. And then she needs to get married. So it's really, really interesting. But What I find more interesting is the way that what she says is received and also how it's received by men. And what does the second coming look like in their eyes, you know? And it was purely for the fact that she was a woman that they were resistant to her. And then they labeled her a heretic and that she was um, a channel for the devil. So I think that what interests me really about this podcast is getting behind the cults Mm -hmm. and it's not just really about the cults it's about how society reacts to those cults and how we react to different people based on who they are and maybe what gender they are what sexuality they are what race they are and how identity really does play a big part in cults have you ever wondered what kind of person joins a cult Or maybe, how do cult leaders manipulate their followers? If that's the case, you've got to check out our new podcast, Cults. I'm Greg Polson. And I'm Vanessa Richardson. You may know us from the podcast Serial Killers. Now we're bringing our fascination with murder psychology to a new show, Cults. On Cults, we'll look at groups like the Manson Family, Breatharianism, and Heaven's Gate. So join us every Tuesday as we investigate the crimes of cults and their leaders. Tune into Cults wherever you listen to podcasts. I think even the word cult itself, uh, there's a lot of confusion around it because that word is used quite a lot to describe different communities and different groups of people. Um, Especially, obviously, there's those severe cases, but sometimes the word cult, I've heard it thrown about when it's just a group of people who someone doesn't understand. For sure, definitely. And um, this podcast doesn't just focus just on cults as we know it. I'm addicted to cult documentaries on Netflix, like Holy Hell, which is Mm -hmm. absolutely incredible. And Wild Wild Country is amazing, but they're very much like the traditional idea of a cult. But um, this podcast focuses on anybody who has a following. And if you look at like how society is now with regards to like Instagram, we've all got yeah. our own followings and we're all pushing our own narratives and what we believe to be true, which is what these people were doing. But it just happens to be in a different time when religion really did, was at the forefront of people's minds. 
Uh, that's called uh, it's part of the podcast network um and uh there's there's loads up there there's loads to listen to i'm just wondering when do you listen to them because some of them are quite heavy and some of the things that uh, yeah. a lot of the people involved they go through quite a lot and there's a lot of things which aren't very nice i'm just do you listen to this before you go to bed because i'm just thinking oh, wild <laughs> dreams <laughs> i was actually listening last night uh, before i went to bed um and then i was like oh god this is why i stopped doing this <laughs> because it was just, it just, I, I had my feet hanging over the end of the bed and I remember just like pulling them in because it's just a little bit too much at night. So I would recommend listening in the morning. Over <laughs> yeah. If you're a little dark, morbid person like me, <laughs> like to listen to cults over breakfast, uh, maybe not at night time. They are quite full on. And if you get the spooks like me, maybe don't listen alone. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was going to say, yeah, do you normally listen? To, I listen to podcasts by myself, usually, unless I'm in the car. Are you kind of more of a, yeah, a, a loner when it comes to the podcast world? I think that these ones are great shared with like one or two people. Like I watched The Tiger King with friends. Oh, um, and it's really good with friends because it's like a shared experience of just being baffled about how crazy this is. And it's kind of, it's very much like that. So I'd recommend listening with a friend or if you can listen um, together and like mm-hmm. debrief, that would be optimum, I think. Although at the moment, loads of people are doing like watch along films. Maybe you could do like a listen along uh, podcast yeah. where you can be listening to the same podcast in different households and then have a chat afterwards. It's very sad. <laughs> Very that. Speaking of the Tiger King, um, because there is a podcast, uh, Joe Exotic Tiger King podcast. It was actually um, released before the the big documentary on Netflix and before that all blew up. Um, it was the second season of a podcast series called Over My Dead Body. But uh, they've decided to re-release it because they've seen the space in the market. And uh, it's, there's even more insight. There's extra little interviews and it's just, I, I can't even begin, Monroe, to tell you how obsessed I became with this. And now I feel dirty for being so obsessed with it because it's what happens in that show. It, like no one in that show is particularly a nice person. And I, I feel for the animals more than anyone else. But it's it's just so enthralling. It's mind blowing. Mm. Um, it's just so mind blowing. Re- and um, it's real. You can't make up the stuff. If this was a drama I watched, I thought that would be far fetched. Absolutely. Um, and this show really does just add an, ex- an extra layer to it. Um, mm-hmm. And it fills in the gaps and develops on lots of WTF moments, mm-hmm. like um, with Carol Baskin, who, if you've watched Tiger King, is such a gay icon. Like, she's amazing, <laughs> but also controversial, shall we say. So, 
there's a scene where she meets her late husband and he is following her in his car. She's just had a fight with her current husband in the kitchen and she's thrown a potato at him and he got abusive. So she fled the house and she's walking the streets and her new love interest and soon to be husband follows her in his car and um, has a gun on the seat and tells her to get in the car and says, you can point this gun at me throughout this whole trip. I just want to spend time with you, basically. She does it. And it's just really unsettling to um, hear what she's gone through to get to the point of where she was at in the documentary. But it's just really, really interesting. I just, I love people. I just love hearing how people get to situations when they're in extraordinary circumstances. And I think a lot of people really gravitated either towards Carol or away from Carol. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people didn't really see her how I see her. I definitely saw her as a victim, but also highly manipulative and just a very layered woman. And we don't really see those layers in a lot of um, female antiheroes. I feel like it's a real demonization a lot of the time, but we really got to understand how Carol got to where she got. And this podcast really does deconstruct the journey of Carol Baskin a lot more. Over the years, Joe had made a lot of enemies, but there was one who kept him up at night. He would just always call her names like that crazy bitch, that hateful bitch. It was always something bitch. That woman was Carol Baskin. All he talked about was, you know, that she won't leave him alone. For five years now, Carol had been threatening to shut down Joe's zoo and destroy all that he had built. He said he needed somebody that was really good with a gun that could take her out. And now, Joe was ready to put an end to it. And I said, you need a sniper. And he's like, why, you have one? I said, actually, I do. The one thing that I'm so flabbergasted about when it comes to this is when, when someone makes a documentary it's it's all about you know trying to get as much information as much content as possible there's so much content for for the joe exotic tiger king podcast and even for the documentary we watched on television but the amount of recordings the amount of interviews and everyone gave up so much the fact that you can kind of follow her journey of what happened with her her ex-husband that they give up everything because normally when you're doing an interview with somebody uh, I even know from my journalist days, it's just so hard to get any information. They are giving every single bit away. It's kind of a documentary maker's dream. I know. It's just amazing, isn't it? It's, it's, everybody's just so candid and um, forthcoming. But at the same time as being candid and forthcoming, you do question about what is truth. Yeah. And um, what's been embellished to fit their narrative, which makes it all the more interesting. <laughs> and I think one thing that you raised there is like something to listen to with other people, because everyone has an opinion on this and everyone's opinion is different. Everybody, um, you know, some people are team Joe, some people are team Carol. And at the end of the day, they've both done really questionable things. And so it's, I don't think necessarily that they're people that we should be 100% celebrating, but they definitely tap into a zeitgeist and they're really interesting. You know, Joe Exotic's a gay Republican, gunslinging, big cat owning. <laughs> Musician, country singer. <laughs> 
country singer <laughs> with two husbands that aren't gay. It's just really interesting. Um, <laughs> interesting is the word, isn't it? It's really interesting. But yeah, um, it's also interesting to see the progression of his character. Mm-hmm. And how he seems quite like he actually cares about the animals at the beginning yeah. and how he moves into, you know, not really caring about the animals at all and just wanting to defame and bring about the downfall of Carol Baskin. And Carol Baskin essentially ruins people's lives to get to Joe. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see how a feud can deconstruct somebody's somebody's character in a negative way as well and that's something probably to, to lots of you know things we see in history it can be just a feud one person can just bring down everything else around them because they become so fixated with that one person absolutely absolutely it's it's amazing if you haven't checked out the podcast definitely yeah. check it out because it, it ignites the fascination again do you know what i liked about the podcast as well and this is something i didn't even think about because when when we watch television it's all very visual and it's great kind of seeing them but sometimes when you listen to something you kind of create your own picture in your mind and there's there's one bit when the the guy investigating it he just talks about the smell he said when, when he, he got there, when he got to the zoo and he was meeting Joe, he said the smell and he was saying the smell of cat piss and urine. And, and that was something I never thought about before watching it, just the actual smell and the dirt. And it really brought up all these other senses and created a different type of realism for me. Absolutely. I felt like that as well. And I also thought this would be amazing for visually impaired people Mm. because so much of the Tiger King was really very visual, such as when that zookeeper gets their arm ripped off and things like that. And it's, I don't know, it really does rely on you being able to see the brutality of the scene. Um, So this, I feel, is great if you are visually impaired, tune into this because it is so thick and rich how it's being described. I I actually think uh, the podcast uh, depicted it better of that scene because I think because someone's describing it in detail, I thought oh, I, that kind of really hit me going, you know, this person has lost their arm. This yeah. Is, and, and they're so relaxed about it. And Joe didn't really seem to care that much. No, he didn't. And like the first thing that he said um, was that he's never going to financially recover from this, which was really concerning because that shouldn't be your first your first go-to response should definitely be about, you know, if that person's okay. And, you know, I don't, I don't even know how I would respond if somebody's arm got ripped off, but um, it was, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the financial aspects. It would affect your business straight away. (laughs) Would it? I think the arm is still hanging off at that stage and he was running about in the reception going, Oh no, this is going to ruin me in front of all the, I think, he, didn't he go up to all the, to the um, gift shop, the gift the shop gift and told shop. all the tourists, sorry, someone's arm's been ripped off. You'll have to and go home. Them, um, a refund or um, Come a back coupon. Again. <laughs> or a coupon. <laughs> oh, it's just beyond disbelief. Yeah. And you think, which brings me on nicely to our next podcast, this is actually happening. Yes. Um, so just the disbelief of real life um so this is a podcast uh wondry put this on they do lots of great podcasts it's the uncanny extraordinary true stories events that have dramatically altered the lives of ordinary people um i i actually hadn't stumbled across this podcast oh this is my favorite this one It's about, as you said, unbelievable situations that happen to ordinary people. And it can be anything. I mean, there's pretty much everything in this podcast. It's been going for a while. Okay. So 
my favorite one is about this woman who has a partner who is experiencing mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And she, as a child, had OCD and had parents who fought a lot, but always resolved their relationship. Um, So she learned very early on that relationships should be worked at, um, regardless of what situation you find yourself in. And she finds herself in a situation with a partner who has severe mental health issues and starts hearing voices. And then these voices spread to her. And then she essentially believes that she's inheriting these voices. And the episode is essentially, is this really happening? Has he convinced me that I'm going crazy? There was a thing that he used to do where he would pretend we had conversations that I didn't remember having or I would bring up a conversation we had had and he would say no we weren't we weren't talking about that and I'm like yeah we were like we've been sitting here for like 10 minutes discussing what movie we're seeing tomorrow and he would like are you okay like are you having a blackout or something because we we've been silent for like a half an hour I thought you were mad at me I can remember the first time I really noticed it. We were smoking a blunt in a McDonald's parking lot. And there was a billboard for a Big Mac in front of us. And he said, I could really go for a Big Mac right now. And I was like, well, when we're done smoking this, let's go get a Big Mac. And he's like, what do you mean when we're done smoking this, let's go get a Big Mac? And I'm like, you just said you could really go for a Big Mac. So let's go get one. And He got, like, so serious. He looked at me and he said, are you hearing things? And I'm like, I heard you say that you wanted a Big Mac. And he's like, I haven't been talking at all. Like, we haven't spoken since I lit this. So either you're hearing things or something's wrong. And I got so angry because... We had just started smoking. I wasn't stoned. And I'm like, you said it. I swear to God, you said you wanted a Big Mac. He didn't even get mad at me. He got so concerned. And he was like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. And it just blew my mind. So that was when I started really paying attention to everything he said. And I started noticing it happening with everything, with little things. And do you kind of, when you're listening to it, do you know if she's kind of making it up or she's really feeling it or if he's made her, or that they've made her feel that way? Like, I I love listening to, like, quite, like, as I said, with the Joe Exotic one, I listen to that and my opinion will be different to my partner's opinion. They'll be like, oh, no, she definitely did it. I'm like, oh, I don't think she did it. And it's just, when you're listening to this, do you find yourself almost becoming the investigator and going through it and kind of adding in your own, you know, tuppence? I usually just think about what if I was in this situation? I believe them because they're first person testimonies. Yeah. And you can hear the emotion in their voices. You it's very well described. But I also just think, oh God, what what would I what would I think in this situation? But it's difficult to judge them as people, not judge them, but to um, critique them as people yeah. because you do get the backstory about why their thinking is the way that it is. And, you know, I didn't really have OCD. I, I did like the, the typical thing of I need to touch 
these things a certain amount of times or like something bad will happen. But I think all kids kind of did that in some mm-hmm way but nothing severe but she had quite severe OCD and then that um, then trickled down into other mental health issues but I think we've all been in this situation of is this really happening especially within this pandemic situation this is something that I don't think any of us could ever have foreseen um, and it hasn't happened in what 100 years so um yeah, I, it's it's a really, really interesting podcast, especially in this time to open mm-hmm. your mind into um, all sorts of situations that are unbelievable. Yeah, and it's the, the humanising of these situations as well. Like if when you were talking about that, you know, the woman with the voices in her head and this part of us, if I heard voices in my head and I turned around, I'd be afraid to tell people because they think I'm mad. Do you know, I'm like, keep it to myself. I won't tell people. If if a year ago I'd said to someone, um, well, the whole world is going to be in lockdown because someone is going to eat a bat uh, in the other side of the world and then it's going to spread um, a virus and we're all going to have to stay indoors. You'd, but that's never going to happen. But no. stuff happens. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also, I just kind of feel like it's 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 the progression of that story, especially in how she was looking after her partner who was battling these mental health issues. And then she starts battling them and that disbelief of, you know, critiquing a partner or not necessarily critiquing, but finding it difficult to deal with the partner's mental health issues and then experiencing them first time yourself. It's and getting that insight. Yeah. I mean, there's there's so many uh, different uh, episodes here. I mean, there's everything from a guy who's shot by his own father. There's one, a man wakes up in the morgue. I mean, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> I, that one, when I saw that one, I was like, what? <laughs> that's a must listen to. But like riveting, moving, often haunting stories. That And what I love about this as well, they stick with you long after you listen to them. Definitely. And there's stories to be shared and it really does make you realise how, you know, unbelievable the human experience can be. And even though these are like quite intense podcasts, they really, I don't know, I just, they make you feel more, I feel more excited about being a human from Mm -hmm. listening to these podcasts because it just makes you think, you know, what is reality? Reality is different for all sorts of different people and people end up in all sorts of different situations and all of these people have lived to tell this tale a lot of the time. A lot of the time. A lot of the time, especially when you wake up in the morgue, but not always, not in all the the podcasts. (laughs) There's also a huge element of escapism too. I think when we're all kind of tied to our living room, we can't really get out. And suddenly, you know, you stick the headphones in and you're just transported to this other part of the world. And if for an hour of your day, it takes you away from sitting in the living room or, you know, watching the news... Then do it. I recommend it. It's. I think this one, rather than cults, this one's definitely an end of the day. Listen, cults. I would say is more morning, daytime when it's mm-hmm. not scary and dark. But <laughs> the disbelief that you all experience listening to this podcast is second to none. It really is mad, but amazing and empowering a lot of the time when these people overcome these situations. Uh, since uh, lockdown happened, I definitely feel there's more of a thirst when it comes to podcasts. There's a lot of newbies kind of looking out for, well, what is a podcast? How how do I download a podcast? Um, I've heard that quite a few times. How long have you kind of been um, dipping your toe into the podcast world? 
I didn't really listen to podcasts until I started doing them, until, mm-hmm. until I started becoming a guest on The Peoples. I just didn't really get it. And then I think the first podcast I recorded was Emma Gannon's podcast. Oh, get Control, Alt, Delete. Oh, it was her other one. It was Get It Off Her Breath. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, she did it with Ilana Bird. Yeah, just such an amazing experience to be able to speak about my own experience. And I didn't really think about the validity of my experiences really until podcasts were around because you, I don't know, we're, we're so used to just hearing one narrative mm-hmm. and I think that podcasts have really opened it up so much because everybody's perspective is so necessary and important. It's a great, it's a great format. And I love that anybody can do it. It's really about what you've got to say, not who you are. And I, I love I love podcasts so much now. It really has changed how I listen as well. Mm-hmm. I think that it's 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 brought out my listening skills and it's helped my focus um, with focusing on just one thing and just being able to stop and listen to somebody speaking to me about what they've been through or what they're thinking about a certain topic. I'm wondering if you were to do a podcast, what would you do it about? Um, we've actually got one in the works at the moment. <gasps> You're going to have to come on mine, please. Of course. I think I owe it to you at this stage. (laughs) Um, I won't say just yet, but I think anything to do with the human experience Mm. and, you know, how we feel as human beings and trying to close that gap between the difference of being a human, you know, and recognizing that no matter how different we are, we're all pretty much the same. We're just geographically different and I don't know. I, I just think that humans are just the most fascinating things. I mean, know, look at the I, podcasts we've talked about already. They are fascinating is the word. Why are we here? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? That is the question. That should be the name of the podcast. What are we doing? It should be. Absolutely. That's food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> if you could um, have anyone, who's your dream guest? If you could have anyone on the podcast that you could kind of have in a room or a virtual room, whatever it may be, for an hour or less or whatever it is, what, who would that person be? Who would you like to get in the brain of? I think Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. Might or... be difficult, but... <laughs> you said anybody. Uh, yeah, um... true, true. <laughs> Mar- or Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah. Do you listen to Super Soul? Do you ever listen to Super Soul podcast? I watch, I watch um, the interviews on um, YouTube, yes. Yeah. The one with Janet Mock is absolutely amazing. And it yes, yeah. yeah. My yeah. perspective so much on so many different things. And I was lucky enough to actually have dinner with Janet. And that was a moment as well. So it was a nice little follow-on from Super Soul Sundays. Oh, I love that. Maybe you just go out for dinner with Janet and then get Oprah on and then she'll all tag along as well. It's like, oh, hi, Oprah. I didn't know you were here. At the moment, we're going to be in lockdown for another two and a half weeks at least. Um, what is your plans and hopes for the next few weeks for yourself? So, yeah, I'm here with two of my best friends um, at my friend Kate's house. So we just, I don't know, I feel like we're just trying to keep an open narrative and Mm -hmm. communicate as much as possible and process as many feelings as we can. I, I did a post on Instagram and said that I think that it's really important to feel the full spectrum of what you're feeling during this time rather than just distracting yourself all the time because mm-hmm. the reality is, is that the situation isn't a positive one so mm-hmm. it's really important to you know if you don't feel positive some days that's completely fine and it's normal so I think I'm just trying not to put too much pressure on myself to be productive unless it's actually coming from 
an inspired place. Um, you yeah. know, I, I get really frustrated sometimes about not being able to write or not being able to articulate what I'm feeling. But sometimes it's just more important to live in the moment and it'll come to you when it comes. It's really weird. I don't know if you get this, like a guilt as well, because sometimes, sometimes I have like really low days and I feel really sad and I feel guilty because I feel sad for, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this job today, which I'm not doing. And then you kind of think the grand scheme of things, as you said, coming out of this horrific um, situation that nobody foresaw. And then you kind of feel guilty for feeling bad because you're like, I have my home. I have, you know, I'm with people I love, um, but I feel sad. But sometimes it's okay to recognize that sadness. I think it's 100% fine to feel sad. And even though we're in various stages of, uh, or various levels of privilege within the situation, we're Mm -hmm. not all affected the same. We Mm -hmm. are all being affected and it's all, you know, it's all relative. And just because your problems aren't as bad as other people's problems doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel sad. So I think, you know, just feel it allow yourself to feel it. And these are just, these aren't times that have been done before. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're all coming at this fresh. It's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no rule book and there's no set there's no way right or wrong. Getting, no. So. And, and sometimes it's okay to switch off and put your headphones on, as I said, and just listen to a podcast that just takes you away from it all. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you, Monroe. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Lots of love. And hopefully I'll see your face again soon. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> a, a chance when I've actually like washed my face and I've, I've taken the sleep out of my eyes. <laughs> I look so bad right now, so it's okay. I doubt it, I doubt it. And I'm really, I'm really excited about listening to your podcast and seeing what, what you're going to do there. So um, more to come in this space. Thank you very Thank much. You, Take care, bye. And that's it. Another episode down as we delve deep into my guest's audio world. I hope you get cast away by today's top podcast picks. Yeah, I just said that, sorry. All of the podcasts we've mentioned today are included in the episode show notes. Now, if you love this conversation as much as I did, please share your thoughts by leaving a review. And if you'd like to receive weekly installments of Cast Away delivered straight to your phone, hit the subscribe button. Until next time, that's it from me. Take care. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,